It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And I am excited to record today because we are going to update some facts that we've shared before and we're going to learn some new science and we're going to do it all through the love of the jumbo brownie cookie what do you mean update some facts like facts are facts right okay so in science (laughs) we have this method of thinking called reasonable certainty. Okay. When we scientists say something, it's really based on evidence that we've been able to collect at the time. But... So it's kind of like, to the best of our knowledge. Right. To uh, We are reasonably certain that this is true. Sometimes some new evidence comes our way, and we have to come and, with our hat in hand, say... I have learned something, and I wish to share it with you. But I do not do that alone. I come bearing cookies, a new cookie. (laughs) That softens Uh, the blow. Right? Exactly. In episode three, at the early... Early days. Of the podcast. It's a prequel. As the podcast was able to hold its head up. We made the peppermint brownie cookie. Yes, I remember it was yummy. We thought about the history of brownies. And if you remember, we then also talked about the flavor molecule peppermint. Okay. So I found this other recipe for jumbo brownie cookies as I was perusing favorite state cookies. Now, these mm-hmm. are not the official cookies of states, but these are... But maybe are most popular... Popular according to Taste of Home. Uh, Taste of Home com. Magazine. Or dot com, okay. Yeah. And uh, a woman from Nevada shared this recipe for the jumbo brownie cookies. And they looked delicious on the website. And I said, let's make these. And then, as I was preparing for the episode, I was thinking, I should do the history of brownies. But we've already done the history of brownies. And lo and behold, what did I learn? But an entirely new history of the brownie. Fantastic. A parallel universe history of the brownie? Yes. In the same set of internet website selections. What? If you listen to our (laughs) podcast. And I do. And. And you listen to our sister podcast, the Wednesday Night Podcast. And I do. (laughs) You're on both of them. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So we have talked a lot about the Columbian Exhibition. Yes, in Chicago. Right, of the 1893. And much like a World's Fair, there were many new foods served. Yes, the Vienna sausage made its debut, among other new foods. Yes, and I did not know this, but now I do. The Boston-based chocolatier Walter M. Lowney debuted the first American chocolate bar at the Columbian Exhibition in Chicago. You mean like it's not a Hershey product? No, the original it's one It's somebody was not. we've never heard of, even though we live in Boston? Yeah, isn't that surprising? Yes. And you learned it 
first here on Cookie Lab. Some sources suggest, as we did on our previous podcast, that it was also at the Colombian exhibition that the new chocolate baked good was introduced. And the story went that the wealthy socialite, Mrs. Bertha Potter Palmer, as we have talked about, uh, asked her chef at the Palmer House Hotel in Chicago to create a dessert that could be tucked into a box lunch for ladies to eat while attending the exhibition and the ladies' pavilion. And the result was a super rich, fudgy, chocolatey confection, the Palmer House Brownie. The brownie remains on the hotel menu. Now that still stands. I do feel like sometimes when things are invented that there's more than, like it happened maybe in more than one place. I haven't found an earlier reference to it, but I followed that up by saying that the recipe from the 1906 edition of the Boston Cooking School Cookbook by Fanny Farmer was the first recipe in a cookbook for brownies. And what I should have said was the recipe for the 1906 edition of the Boston cooking school cookbook by Fanny Farmer was believed to be believed to be those are some key words there the first because my further research has shown that the first published recipe for brownies made with chocolate may be from and notice I changed my language yes <laughs> maybe you've from learned <laughs> the service club of Chicago's 1904 Two Just years two earlier. years before, yep. Cookbook. Uh, and it was a publication of recipes contributed by club members in the section on candy. A recipe called Bangor Brownies. Like Bangor, Maine? Yes, likely a reference to the long-told but yet unsubstantiated story that chocolate brownies originated in Bangor, Maine. So there's a couple red herrings in this story. You started out by saying something about the first chocolate bar Mm -hmm. by someone called Lowney. And so I immediately thought it was going to be a Lowney brownie. Oh, that would be great. But no, Mr. Lowney, Walter M. Lowney, just made the chocolate bar. That was just to, to share with you 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 talked about the Vienna sausage debuting. Mm, mm, mm. And the other one was that you referred to the cookie that you've made this week as a jumbo cookie. It is. And as you know, Jumbo the Elephant oh. is my good close personal friend and college mascot. Yes, from the university. But people just of... use that word to mean something big. Yeah, big. Like an elephant-sized cookie. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we're dealing with here. This cookie that you are presenting me with today is like the footprint of an elephant. Of a, a, a baby elephant. Maybe. Yeah. But wait, Jill. There's more. There's, Fantastic. There's more controversy. Also, in 1904, the same year of the Service Club of Chicago's cookbook, Eleanor P. Quimby's Home Cookery was published in Laconia, New Hampshire, with the exact same ingredients and proportions 
as oh. the Banger Brownies. And remember, everyone, this is pre-internet. Right. All they had was the Pony Express to, yes. to get this going. Maybe the Maybe. Telegraph. I'm not even sure. The, her recipe added a little salt and a teaspoon of vanilla. Salt is the secret weapon in all right? sweet baked treats, I think. So it's possible, and I have not confirmed this, that these recipes for chocolate brownies were derived from the same original recipe. Are you uh, implying that there's been some collusion? I don't know. But a popular myth, and I, I'm busting this myth tonight on the podcast. Bust it. Bust it, Chris. A popular myth suggests that Mildred Brownie Brown Schrumpf of Bangor, Maine. Come on, come on. Really, her nickname was Brownie, Mildred Brownie Brown Schrumpf of Bangor, Maine. And remember that the recipe in the Chicago cookbook was called the Brown the Bangor Brownies. Mm-hmm. Ms. Schrumpf of Bangor, Maine was the first to publish a brownie recipe. Now, I did great genealogical research, and I found that Mildred Brown Schrumpf was not born until 1903, (laughs) and therefore too young to have developed the brownie. Color me impressed. Thank you. (laughs) That was a long introduction, but I think it was worth the wait. Absolutely. And so tonight, in honor of all good science and good research, we are going to enjoy the brownie cookie, which has twice as much sugar as your regular cookie. Why is that? Because it's a brownie. Are brownies like cookies, but with more sugar? Yes. Yes. They have twice as much. Two parts flour, two parts fat and four parts sugar love it Can't that's why we it. love brownies uh and this one instead of baker's chocolate it uses melted dark chocolate so as it's it, gonna be a little sweeter base, is that what you're saying base. well it, i used like a 70 percent dark chocolate so it's mm-hmm. not it's it's not as sweet it's a little more bitter and it melted beautifully, and I used it as my the base of my chocolate in this. And the recipe is uh, is on our Facebook page, and there's a TikTok of me making these. Now, how many of these did your lab assistant eat? Because um, we know the lab assistants like to get into the brownies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I kept the lab assistant only cleaning up the separate ingredients on the floor. Okay. Because, so, you know, the no, dark chocolate is bad for the lab assistants. No Labradors were hurt in this. Are you okay. ready to try it? I'm ready to try it. I just want to make a, a little observation is that it, it seems like it's not, uh, it's it's rather fragile. It seems like it might, you know, whoa. Yeah, it is. You know what it I'm is, saying? It is a gentle cookie. It is a, uh, hold this you cookie, can't hold it by cradle the Cradle it. Yes. Yeah. You can't hold it by the edges because they'll break off. Okay. Not because they're crispy, but um, because, because the weight of the elephant footprint sized. It's a large cookie. It's, it's almost large it's, cookie. it's 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 larger than the palm of my hand. Yeah, you can again see pictures on our Facebook page. Okay. So let's taste it. Let's, let's see what it. we've got going on here. Mm. Mm. There's chocolate chips in it too. It's like a brownie, but in cookie form, and. You and said, I like brownies. And you said 
The other thing that I like about this cookie, you said in our previous podcast on the peppermint brownie cookie that there was a pan uh, that you could buy that uh, would make all of your brownies have like edges, be like edge brownies. And you wanted a brownie that was only middle brownies. And I think I have succeeded. I think you have. Thank you. Um, this cookie is just a chocolate bomb. Really? Does it have to be so big? I mean, I could eat like a quarter of it. Mm, you could make it smaller. But, you know, in Nevada, where they have the Las Vegas, they do things big. Yeah, I'm sure that my hubby would make fun of me for saying that. Like, why wouldn't you want, you know, the absolute biggest cookie you could get? <laughs> it's chocolatey. It's chewy. It mm-hmm. has the great... I like brownies that have that that beautiful sheen on top of them Mm -hmm. almost like a caramelized chocolate Mm, so good great work so good francis mildred brownie would be (laughs) mr lowney would be so pleased mr lowney and mrs brownie would be so pleased um you mean mildred brown schrumpf would be very Mm -hmm. happy and then Bertha Potter Palmer. We had so many characters. Not to mention Fanny Farmer. She's a legend. And Fanny Farmer. Highly recommend this cookie. It, it takes care of all your chocolate needs. You can make them smaller than it calls for. Although, why would you? Let's face it. Right? But you know. Because then you just have to eat four. Sure. Whereas you could cut this into four and think that you were eating four cookies. Mm-hmm. I'm going I mean, to if have I did that, I coffee. would say, keep your paws off my cookies, Chris. So early before the science, you would say, keep oh. your paws off? <laughs> you always beat me, so I was trying to get it in. Okay, we're going to You got it in. <laughs> so do you, before you slap my paws away, do you want to hear the science? Absolutely. Well, this is the science of chocolate. And I found it fascinating, and you might too, there are two processes that make chocolate cho- the chocolate. That Is we one know. of them called alkali? No. Hmm. Alkali is where it falls on the pH scale. Is one of them called Dutch cocoa? No. All right, so I'm out of guesses now. You better tell me. <laughs> one is called conching. What? And the other is called tempering. I've heard of tempering. I took a truffle making class and I learned about tempering. Okay, so conching is the ultimate process in chocolate making. And it makes chocolate what it is. A conch is not a shell. What it is. Is a container filled with metal beads. A big container. And the beads act as grinders. Okay. And the refined and blended chocolate is put in the conch and kept in a liquid form by the frictional heat of the beads banging against one another and the chocolate. I can picture it. It produces cocoa and sugar particles that are smaller than the tongue can detect. And so it gives chocolate its smooth mouth feel. Oh. And the longer you conch chocolate the finer your chocolate is. So So there's a company near here called Taza that makes mm -hmm. stone ground chocolate, and I find it to be gritty, and I'm wondering if they are using something other than the conching. That may be because if they're grinding it with uh, mortar and pestle or something like that, 
it may be because their sugar particles and their cocoa particles are you can detect them yeah, on your tongue. The, the, I, I can imagine exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. based on my chocolate consumption habits. <laughs> a high quality chocolate is conched for 72 hours. Okay. A lesser grade chocolate could be conched for as little as six hours. Okay. So you can imagine that you would get a totally different mouth taste just on that mouth feel, just on that alone. After the process is completed, the chocolate is stored in tanks that maintain it at about between 113 and 122 degrees Fahrenheit until the tempering. Okay. What you don't want to happen in chocolate making is you don't want it to crystallize uncontrollably. You don't want like a power failure or something. It would be a disaster, right? Right. Because you need a special temperature and a special amount right. of conching. And a special Very amount of tempering. Science happening there. You don't want the crystals to form willy nilly. You no, want to control. Certainly not willy nilly. If that happens, if you'll get crystals of varying size, and it causes the surface of the chocolate to appear mottled and matted, and it's like a, a little geology bit of white. Lesson. Yeah, this is what happens. It is. When an igneous intrusion happens. It's exactly the same into as, existing as know. millions of years of geology. Yeah, but in our, like six to in 72 hours yeah yeah and you don't don't want your chocolate to crumble when you go to break it you want it to snap yes so that all has to do with how fast the crystals form and how uniform they are so they control the formation of crystals by manipulating the temperature and first it's cooled from about 113 degrees fahrenheit to 80 degrees and it's agitated while it's cooled. They call it names. Like, you're <laughs> bad chocolate. I've seen better chocolate on an Easter bunny. Uh, <laughs> things like that. No, they shake it. And that makes small crystals form. And those small crystals guide the formation of other small crystals. They're like Zen master crystals. They they're are. Like they're Yoda. like the Yoda crystals. Yeah. And then it's rewarmed from 80 degrees to about 88, and the chocolate gets a little thinner as it gets, yeah, and it gets a little warmer. And mm-hmm. at that point, it's poured into molds mm-hmm. of whatever you want the chocolate to Any look shape like. you could imagine. Right, exactly. So, those are the two magical scientific processes that are very important to this chocolate cookie. So, we put this cookie in our mouth, we get the chocolate base of it. We get nice, chewy chocolate chips. We cut the cookie into fours, at which time I reach over to Jill's plate and she says... Is now the right time? Yes. Keep your paws off my cookies. (laughs) And I will keep my paws off your cookies if you keep your paws off mine. And we will be back next week with more flavorful adventures on Cookie Lab. See you then. It's Cookie Lab.